I must admit, it's not like we knew exactly how we we're going to uh, solve it. We just knew one thing. It's broken. That's the co-founder of Wiz, and they got to 100 million in ARR in 18 months. Here's one of the strategies that they used. From the CEO to the product to the CTO, all of the managers, it's a hands-on culture. We don't just manage. We actually do. So how did this translate to actually building the product in a market that had thousands of competitors? From doing assessments with customers. I remember we found a VM with credentials that were very easy to break with access to an external IP. We said, wait, which product can, can catch that? The best founders are the best detectives. In this case, they realized that all the other competitors were not solving for the right problem. The problem is, if I have one hour, what should I fix right now? To answer that, you need to come with a new approach. You get to go into the head of a founder of one of the fastest growing companies in the history of the world. You're going to learn a lot. Welcome to Sit Down Startup Founder Podcast. We interview the best founders in the world and ask them what they did in the early days, right before that hockey stick growth moment. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell, a former founder. I live here in San Francisco and I now work for Zendesk for Startups. Zendesk is a customer support platform and we offer six months free to qualified product-oriented startups. The partner shout out this week goes to Segment, the leading customer data platform. Check out the link to get 50,000 in Segment credits. Ami, welcome to Sit Down Startup Founder Podcast. Like, it is such a pleasure to have you here. Just to see what your company has done, um, it's it's super impressive. And to see some of the investors that you've had. But if you could just for a second tell us what Wiz does and maybe kind of share how many employees you have, how much money you've raised, just to kind of give like a, a highlight or where we are now. Um, yeah, so first of all, really excited to, to be on the podcast. And thank you for having me. Uh, so I'm Ami, uh, the CTO for Wiz. And one of the co-founders. Uh, Wiz is now um, uh, one of the largest uh, uh, companies uh, in cloud security. Uh, it's a uh, pretty unbelievable front. We we started uh, less than three years ago, uh, and we've grown. Uh, um, we work today with more than thirty percent of the Fortune one hundred companies, um, trying to basically trying to change how security is done for cloud. Um, in a fundamental way. Uh, and uh, and I, I really believe after many years in security is that like we did like security in general, something is has been broken and we are trying to, to fix it. And when I say broken, I mean that if you talk with teams that build on cloud, especially, and you talk with security, you understand there is, there's tension, there's tension. Like the security team doesn't actually know what's being built and the dev team feels the security team doesn't know anything. <laughs> there's like, there's tension and it's not good. Uh, and the reason there's tension is really because cloud is changing fundamentally how things are built. And because of that, security needs to fundamentally change how security is done. Mm. And, and we're trying to fix that. Uh, and I, I feel like we are, you know, it's a going to the future, a, a tools change, technologies change, but I, I feel like the concept we were trying to do is the right approach, which is, mm. again, it's simple. It says the following. I'm looking at an environment. I want to know um, what is the actual true risk in that environment across all of the different factors, right? And factors can be many different siloed security tools today. Now, it's trivial. Of course, that's what you want. As a developer, that's what you want to ask your security team. I have one hour this week to fix something. Tell me what to do. How can they do it today? They have like 20 different tools. Which of them do they choose to fix? You know, 
they have uh, probably 10K vulnerabilities, have 10K uh, configuration issues. Like, how do they choose? And, and what we've done in Wiz is think about it in a new way. Think about it as a, basically, let's understand the building. Let's understand the environment. Let's put all of the information together and analyze what is the path an attacker will use. And then let's tell the developer, fix that. Hey, we found a database mm. with very, very sensitive information. This database runs in a cluster. This cluster has access through a load balancer to the internet, right? You should really fix that. So, so drop everything, fix that. It makes so much sense. I love how you're breaking it down just fundamentally. So thank you for that. And you, you said you're one of the biggest security, cybersecurity companies in the world. Can you give us like how many employees you have, how much money you've raised, that kind of stuff? So we raised uh, $600 million. Um, we uh, announced uh, after 18 months um, in, in business uh, that we were able to get to $100 million ARR uh, within 18 months since the first million dollars. And we announced it uh, in uh, around August. Uh, so that was the fastest um, in history. Uh, and now we are even more than that. Uh, and again, we are really, really proud of the customers that we work with, with the largest um, um, cloud environment today in the world across AWS, Azure, GTP. And it's really amazing to see um, just the, uh, the, the impact because you deploy and you see. That's that is that you've never seen before. That I, oh, it makes so much sense. And I love the, the way you're flipping it on its head versus the previous uh, the structure. So I'm just zooming into you as a founder, like, I want to learn how this happened. But would you first tell us, like, what, were you doing the same thing that you are now when you first started? Um, okay, so that's <laughs> it's a good question. Um, and no, um, we, so I'll give you some background. We are the same founding team. Uh, we, we've known each other. Uh, since 2001, I was uh, I joined the army and I met the other founders. I was just 17, right? And we've we've served together for for nine years, right? So we have a, a long history together. Our first startup was we started in 2012. It was Adalom, and it was acquired by Microsoft uh, in 2015. So we were working in Microsoft for four years. Um, in cloud security, where we're leading cloud security in Microsoft. Um, so we have a lot of, <laughs> of background. When we started with, we, we didn't know exactly how we are going to solve the problem. But what we did know is the, is the following. We wanted to build, uh, this time, something big. Uh, in, in most startups, you look for a small problem, a niche problem. Why? Because if it's a small market, then there's no competitors, right? And then you hope the niche market is going to grow, right? That's, that's usually how it works. In Wiz, we, first of all, we were, um, uh, we were a bit more uh, uh, bullish on trying to actually um, attack an existing market. And it was pretty crazy because uh, uh, cloud security has hundreds of companies, maybe thousands of solutions. Um, Trying to go and compete there seemed almost crazy. And I must admit that it's not like we knew exactly how we we're going to uh, solve it. We just knew one thing it's broken. We, we knew it's broken. We knew it's not working. Why? Because we were talking with people, and, and security teams told us 
we don't know how to fix because we don't understand the alerts. We have no idea what the developers are doing. Like we knew something is like is broken, uh, and and then it's uh, it was all about now trying to and that's the magic of startup, trying to find what is broken, and how to fix it. How did you go about that? Can we? Can you take us into a story maybe of like the first time yes. you? Okay, so in with and it's true. It's the same concept we have until today. We are all of the managers in Wiz until today are very hands-on, meaning that we are all doing the work ourselves, right? From the CEO to the product, uh, to the CTO, uh, all of the managers, it's part of the culture. It's a hands-on culture, right? We, we, we don't just manage, right? We actually do. Now, how do we start a product? Exactly like that. We were talking with the customers and we told them we want to do a, a, a different approach, right? We actually started from doing uh, assessments with customers. You know, we, we went to their environment, we started investigating it, and we, we were using the existing tools. Uh, we, were using, we were looking at the environment, and we saw, okay, yeah, this definitely doesn't give the customer the critical things they're looking for. And, and then doing investigation, we saw, oh, I remember we found a, a VM running in an environment. This VM was, was running an HTTP server, with credentials that were very easy to break, with access to an external IP, right? And we said, wow, that's an amazing finding. And, and, and we said, wait, which product can, can catch that? There is no product that can catch that, right? Why? That's what, that's what they wanted to see. Can we automate that, right? Can we automate, basically what, what did we do here? We were combining uh, vulnerability analysis, application analysis, network exposure analysis, identity analysis in, in one and trying to look for, and then we call it now toxic combination, which is basically a, a way into the environment. Um, and this became with uh, very, like very quickly. Wow. It was literally just going to sit with the customers. It sounds like taking the Elon Musk mindset, like he's a builder, he's a, he's a developer. You're, you're writing the code, you're, you're in the you're having these conversations with them and then you see the problem and you see that you're looking at how they're using their existing tools and you probably use, did you use them when you were at Microsoft? These so same kind of tools? It, uh, it's similar, but different, but yeah. the entire industry was building the same tools, right? You had a vulnerability assessment, you had CSPM, but all of these tools, right? It doesn't matter which vendor, they were all looking at the problem from in the wrong way, right? It's like a configuration tool giving you configuration problems. I don't care about configuration problems. I, I care about an actual end-to-end -end risk. That's what I care about, right? That's what the customer cares about. So the point is that we were trying to look for uh, what's broken. And then we understood uh, what's broken is that everyone is solving, but they're not solving the problem. They're solving different problems. What vulnerabilities I have, yeah, you can have other products that do it. What misconfigurations I have, yeah, but that's not the problem. The problem is, if I have one hour this week, what should I fix right now? And to answer that, you need to come with a new approach. And that's, you know, once we found it, how did we know it's the right way? It's simple. You work with customers before you build the product, right? Again, our product people are also hands-on, right? Hands-on doesn't mean that you develop on your own. It means that, uh, like, before you actually develop, we built slides. When we showed to customers the slides about, hey, we're going to find critical risk, boom, 
everyone wanted pilots. We didn't, like, we didn't even have the product yet. Everyone wanted pilots. They wanted to deploy. We knew, and then we started building, right? So don't build two years and then go to the customers, right? Be very close to the customers, work with them, see if they're like, actually try. Again, try to solve it manually, see that they really want something, and then actually develop what they want, right? Now, it's easy to say. Obviously, <laughs> it's, a, it's harder to do. There is a lot of exploration here, a lot of, um, uh, honestly, stress, okay? We already had like 20 people. We were not sure exactly what's going to be the direction. You need to be very sure of yourself, but very open to ideas. Uh, it's stressful. A hundred percent. This is really important. The way you're focusing on the end problem based on the customer, it sounds like so obvious when you're in a conversation like this, but so many of the ways that big companies operate is not around that. So I love that you just had like zero based thinking, like what is the problem? And then you're like, oh wait, we're asked, we're solving the wrong problem. The right problem to solve for is if you had one hour, what should I fix? And you and, and once you knew the right problem to solve for it, then you solved it. I, what was the, one of the lowest points on your journey? Because you haven't had that long of a journey, but just in those hard moments that you said, if there, if there's a story that you could share that might be inspiring uh, for a founder, would be great. So um, I'll tell you um, just the background. We were working in Microsoft uh, for four years. Uh, it was a great time. We were, one of, we were the largest security acquisition for Microsoft in 2015, and during the, the four years in Microsoft, uh, Microsoft became um, the biggest security vendor in the world, right? So from, from almost zero to a billion dollars, uh, now they just announced, by the way, they're already at 20 billion. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, it was very exciting to be part of the um, building the security business there, right? Um, now imagine, we, we, we were very, um, we had really great roles there, we decided to leave January 2020, okay? <laughs> Starting the company around March 2020. And then what happens? We, we started the company. We went to RSA just to start the um, uh, San Francisco uh, end of February 2020, okay? In the middle of the conference, boom, like COVID. COVID announced half of the people leave in the middle of the conference, right? That, that's how the company started. Um, that was a bit uh, shocking for us, right? We just let, decided to leave and we thought, and it, it seemed like the world is going to crash, you know? And like, that's the worst time to, to, to leave Microsoft. And we already have, you know, all of our, like we wanted to bring employees who will come now, you know? Like, it's the worst. So that, that was a very stressful time. Mm. I can only imagine that. And what was your next step in that moment? Like, how did you get out of that hole? <laughs> so, uh, you know, in hindsight, I can say that actually it was this silence, it's quiet. Mm. It's actually good for a startup. You know, mm. sometimes in a startup, one of the problems is that there's too much noise, right? Um, investors want to come and meet you. They want you to fly their conferences. Customers want you to fly their, you know, a lot of noise, a lot of flights, a lot of travel. Um, what COVID, COVID gave us in some sense is, there was a lot of quiet, right? There were no meetings. <laughs> no one wanted us to come there, right? Like we were able to talk with customers, even do sales with the customer, entire sales process without flying anywhere, right? Think about it. You can do 24-7 sales without leaving the, the room, right? Um, 
So we just continued. And we, what we found out is that for us, in order to find our path and build the product, in many senses, this quiet time, even raising huge rounds afterwards, we, can, we, we did all of them from here, from the office, right? It's, um, um, I, I think, uh, uh, honestly, a lot of the ability for us to scale in the beginning was the ability to work in quiet. Mm, that is so good. So talk to me about just how you were able to solve the problem of this rapid growth without breaking the fundamental product. Cause to go to hundred million in six, 18 months and not just like make a lot of your customers frustrated <laughs> is amazing. So uh, it's a good question. And I think that if you look at our background, I feel like we were able to merge two aspects of our experience. We came from a startup, but we also went through Microsoft and Microsoft taught us how to build products at scale. In Microsoft, uh, you, you don't build the feature if it doesn't scale to 100 million users, right? And um, when we came from Adelon to Microsoft, I remember the day where we had to cut 70% of our features, 70% of our features, but the rest were scalable, you know? So in, in, in Wild, what we've done is we created a new model, which is a combination of both. It's a startup, but we don't put any feature if it cannot scale 100x from day one, right? If you don't know how it's gonna scale, just don't develop it from day one because if the customer is gonna like it in the pilot, it's not going to work in production, right? Now, it sounds easy and simple, but it requires so much discipline. It required you to be very true to yourself. And, and although customers might want features, if it does not scale, don't put it in the product. Otherwise, you will never be able to scale. It will never work. So everything you do in the product and also in other activities that you do, you have to think about scale from the beginning. Mm, that is a really cool lesson. Uh, and it, it's amazing how it worked out. Uh, last two questions. These are super short answers. What was your superpower or what would you say is your superpower as a co-founder? Mm, so I, I think um, uh, life is about stories. Customers are also looking for stories. They need, they have problems, right? And they need you to explain them their problems and, and tell them the story of success, right? So what the, I think the key role for a CTO is to bridge between the technology and the, and the needs and the bridge is the story, right? The story is not just storytelling. It's also a technical story, right? It's a story that understands the actual problem and understands how to solve it, right? You have to stitch those two together. And, and, and that's, that's the story of the product, right? The story of the product is both the existing and also the future, right? You, you say, I'm going to solve this problem. This is what you have now, and this is where we're going to go, right? And, and that's what a CTO needs to do, right? Understand where the customers are, what we can actually deliver right now, and also give them the direction of how they can build their cloud security strategy on top of it, right? So like you have to do all of that, in the same sentence. <laughs> and, and stories are things that they remember. That's that's an amazing superpower. I, I'm going to take that for myself. And the final one is, what did you want to be when you grew up? When you so were I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think speaking about myself as a CTO, honestly, CTO, the beauty of a CTO role, and I, I've been a CTO in, in Microsoft, 
uh, for 1500 developers. Uh, I've been a CTO for Adalom and CTO and with. CTO is about self-exploration, right? It's mm-hmm. reinventing yourself all of the time. It's not about um, just uh, going to conferences. It's about understanding what the company needs right now in terms of technical leadership, in terms of vision, in terms of actual, you know, today in Wiz, because we care about customers, I actually focus mostly on post-sale, on customers, on support, uh, on technical enablement, because that's the actual um, uh, gap that I, I, I want to focus on and help the company. Uh, so for me, CTO is about um, uh, inventing yourself all of the time. Mm, reinventing. Wow, Ami, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about Zendesk for startups, check out our website, zendesk.com slash startups. Also, we're always looking to improve. So don't hesitate to email me with any feedback on how we can ask better questions, guests to target, or anything else so we can do to better help you as a founder. My email is adam.odonnell at zendesk.com. 